Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. It's the radio guy, Mike Prince. Welcome to another part of our Football Friday. As promised, I've been working on this particular interview. I got to tell you, I've gone through hoops, valleys, fire pits and everything, but I think it's going to be worth your time and definitely something that you're going to learn from. We're going to present to some and introduce to others, none other than from box to row, Donald Ware. How you doing, sir? Mike, uh, yeah, you're right. It, it, it took a little while, but man, I'm, I'm looking forward to it and I appreciate you having me on. Well, look, man, um, before we get in, into this thing, a lot of people, they may know of the work that you're doing. And if they're not aware of it, uh, it's an exceptional job. I mean, you've been doing it for a while now, but you actually started out as an SID, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you took me back to my SID days. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, my, that, that's great. So my first my first job was actually the sports information director at North Carolina A&P. That was from 99 to 2001, not even quite two years um, got a call from NC State. I had done some work at the ACC. Well, actually, it was the NCAA tournament in 2001. It was in Greensboro, and the ACC was running it. And, you know, went in there, pulled up my sleeves. You know how we do things. And I, I think that, you know, was shown to the, the SID at NC State at the time. She gave me a call, said she had a position open, asked me to apply for it. I did, and I uh, was at, at NC State for a year. Uh, and that was Philip Rivers' sophomore year, so that was that was cool. And then took a position as the assistant athletic director for sports information and marketing at Shaw uh, for three years. And after that, Mike, I got out the game. Like I respect the game, but I got out. It was time to do something else. Absolutely, and that led you to your your projects that you're working on today, right? Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, I I, I always had a love for radio when I was a student at Morgan State. You know, I was um, under the tutelage of uh, of Lamont, Germany, who was still the voice of the Bears, has done it for 40 years. And, you know, just doing like the play-by-play and so forth. But he also had a sports talk show that he hosted. And I was a huge fan of sports talk going all the way back to my days in D.C. when Tony Kornheiser, I think he may have been one of the first syndicated uh, radio hosts, but Tony Kornheiser loved Jim Rome, so on and so forth. So I always had a love for radio. Absolutely. And you know what? Radio will never die. I don't care what anyone says. Um, I am a radio junkie myself and I appreciate content that's all over the country and you can never get too much to talk radio. No, you can't. Uh, and I have to even go back to, I say Tony, I have to go back to when I was a kid. So when I was young, and that's I'm glad you said that. So when I was young, See, a lot of people know Larry King. I know you. I know you know Larry King as a radio you, you, guy. But you I'm calling me old? Of, are you calling me old, bro? No. <laughs> well, I'm old. Look, look, like I'm old because I remember Larry, Larry, you know, Larry King as a radio guy. Most know him as a TV personality. Right. Of course, he's gone on. He's retired, right. but he was a radio guy. I used to listen to his show almost every night. If you know the Washington Capitals hockey game wasn't on, or the Bullets weren't playing, or Orioles weren't playing. I used to listen to Larry King every night. There you go. There you go. And see, those are some of the ground roots. And when it boils down, it's really about communicating. 
the be, the ability to hear and be heard. No, absolutely, and uh, you know that 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 is you know it it it, it is that. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it's about, regardless of how, you know whether it's you know I know everybody's into the video and TV and all that kind of stuff today, but you know, I'm, I'm I'm into it too. Don't get me wrong, but I'm I'm old school and and, and very much enjoy it. Yes, sir. So it, it's not going to fade. So as they say, get in where you fit in because it's a proven uh, commodity and it's a proven effective commodity, I might add, with that. We're speaking right now with Donald Ware of Box to Row. Let's talk about that for a minute. Uh, I got a couple of things I want to talk to you about, about your current situation. But how did you get Box to Row off the ground and, and, and what was the, the creation process for that? Yeah, it's a good question. So, you know, while I was at Shaw, um, you know, I, I enjoyed, you know, sort of the work, you know, smaller school promoting it. I, I enjoyed that, but I also, you know, knew that I needed to kind of go step out and do my own thing. And um, so, uh, as a matter of fact, the Shaw women's team was in uh, Hot Springs, Arkansas at the Elite Eight. It was a good program, so... And I had a lot of downtime, so I started creating um, this, uh, you know, a, a program. Love, like I said, talk, sports talk radio. Felt like we could do it and do something on a national level with respect to HBCUs. And so just sort of started formulating some stuff, making some calls, um, that type of thing, and really just started it on my own. Started it with five radio stations, paid for the airtime. Uh, we were on, we started August 20th, 2005, when we came on the air. We were on in Raleigh, uh, Birmingham, uh, Winston-Salem, Greensboro, and Atlanta. And, um, you know, just just sort of took off. Really wanted to promote HBCU sports, talk HBCU sports, along the lines of what Jim Rome and others were doing, but from an HBCU standpoint, but not ignoring the other, other sports, in general sports as well. And so that's sort of how I started, man, and this, you know, 14 years later, we're still rocking and rolling. Still rocking and rolling, and then might I add, doing an exceptional job, brother. Uh, they say keep the banner waving high. Now, you, you get over here, you're the voice of the A&T Aggies, and it's no secret that they have really taken the bull by the horn, and they have been the role model, and, and I hate to label it as this, but it is what it is, the role model HBCU uh, program and how it should be done. What do you attribute that success to? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to point to the leadership um, at, at A&T, and I think, you know, I think it, it, it certainly begins with Harold, Dr. Harold Martin, who's um, the, uh, of course, the chancellor at the university, but a lot of it also specific to athletics is about Earl Hilton, who's the athletics director. Now, I had a chance to work with Earl when I was the SID at a and He was an associate athletics director then, um, and he's kind of stuck around uh, at a and not just in athletics, but in other, you know, uh, other places until he became interim AD. I think it was 2012, and once he became interim AD, I knew then that that title was going to be removed shortly because... You know, he, he, he was a guy of structure. He was very meticulous, uh, very detailed. And so I think it really begins um, with him and some of the things that he's implemented. And we can talk about football, and obviously football has been very successful, but the athletics department as a whole at A&T has been very successful. And I think a lot of that has to do 
with the athletics director, Earl Hill. Okay, okay. And and here's the, the $64,000 question as far as I am concerned. Uh, it's no doubt the success that the MEAC has had when it comes to head-to-head competition. And um, I played in the SWAC, you know, been covering the SWAC 30-plus years. From outside looking in, you being a MEAC guy, what is the perception of the SWAC? Wow. I think tradition. I think when you talk about SWAC, particularly football, I think you talk more uh, about from a tradition standpoint. Um, obviously, the SWAC is much older than the MEAC. The MEAC was, you know, really well, it was created in 1969, played its first sports, if you will, or athletics in 1970. But, you know, I think you talk, it's football, and it's probably less about basketball, although, I mean, I think that's a bad perception because if you look at some of the great, you know, you look at some of the great players that have come out of uh, the SWAC basketball-wise, you look at Southern and, and the, the success that Southern um, had, uh, you look at, a, you know, Bobby Fields, you look at a Lindsey Hunter, you look at some of these guys that have had a lot of success from a basketball standpoint and other sports as well, but I think it's more so about football and I think it has a great perception uh, when it comes to football. Now, we can argue all day who's better between the SWAC and MEAC in terms of football, but you cannot argue tradition. You cannot argue attendance, and, and, that's, and the SWAC is all about that. Right, right, right. Well, you know, there is no argument of late. we got to play a little bit of catch-up to even things out on the playing field, but the tradition is absolutely there. And the heritage is absolutely there, celebrating 100 years this year of being in existence. Donald, we understand the evidence and flows of things that go on. But a lot of people, when they hear a radio broadcast, they hear a talk show, they don't know about the hours of research and the prep that goes, you know, into these things. Give us a breakdown of a typical prep for a football game versus that of a weekly talk show? Wow, man, that's a great question. See, Mike, and you on the, on the, and, and I, and I, and I respect you and admire you because you asked some great questions also during the SWAC weekly press conference, which is how I got to know you a little bit. <laughs> yes, that's sir. A, that is like an awesome question. So, you know, with respect to the radio show, I mean, it's a lot of prep work. So uh, a lot of, I mean, I, I do have a team, but in terms of, you know, booking guests and things of that nature, I mean, that's something that I generally do. So probably Monday is what I would call an administrative day. You, you know, you try to, you know, line up your guests for the week, make those calls, make those emails, et cetera. It's also a week where you, um, you know, obtain sponsorship, even though I know we're talking about prep. Uh, for uh, for the radio program, and then it's just okay. What are you know you bounce it off your team? What are some of the topics that? What are the hot topics? What are some of the things we're going to talk about? And so, because also in addition to HBCU, we do a lot of you know other things, general sports, probably less about big time college sports, unquote, if you will, you know, but more about pro sports and then some celebrity stuff as well. So we kind of figure out okay, what are some of the hot topics? What do we want to talk about? Who are we going to have on? You know, as a guest, um, that type of thing, and then of course. Um, on the weekend uh, for an hour, it's it's pretty much showtime. Uh, when you're talking about preparing for a football game, uh, you know, it's one of those deals where you jump on the weekly call. In this case, it would be the MEAC's uh, weekly call to kind of get a feel for the, the particular coach and what he's talking about. Then I would 
you know, do a one-on-one with that coach a little bit later on uh, in the week. I know A&T well enough that, uh, you know, I, I, I brush up on A&T, but I want to know more about the, the opponent that's being played. So you definitely want to study sort of that opponent. Uh, I'm less about uh, studying the, the rosters, per se, and the numbers. That, to me, comes along, uh, and you kind of memorize those things as, as the game goes on. But, I mean, I guess those are some of the things. It's just it's all about prep, regardless of whether you're doing a radio show, whether you're doing, you know, calling a game, football, basketball, whatever it is. It's all about uh, the preparation. So, you know, that's sort of how I prep between, you know, radio show and calling a game. Very good. Because a lot of people, you know, when they hear it, and I'd say the difference between a novice and a professional, a professional is supposed to make you feel like you can just walk up there and do it until it's time for you to actually do it. <laughs> you know, because right. it's like, man, it's, these guys are just flowing and rolling off stuff, but they don't understand the prep that, that it takes to get these things off and running smoothly. So uh, I appreciate you dropping some, some insights on that. Now, when it comes for you building the brand, and a lot of people don't realize this, too, they hear you for an hour. They listen to you for two or three hours on a broadcast. But this is almost like a sleep-deprived deal that you have to deal with, man, when it comes to making sure you're meeting deadlines and getting things accordingly um, for a quality show because your name is on this thing. And if it's raggedy, then that's a reflection on you. Yeah. No, uh, it is. And, it's it, you know, it's like like even 14, like you said, you've been doing this 30 years, you know, especially with HBCUs. You know, we're 14 and a half years in. So, you know, we're, we're, we've just done it half of what you've done it, but we're still built. We're always building. Like not everybody in HBCU knows about Boxer, which, which, which we, I think we need to do a better job uh, of that. And I, and, but the other thing is that I feel like we're able to do is we're able to bring HBCU to the non HBCU person. And, I, and, you know, we're very proud of that, and we, we're able to do that through doing some other things, not just HBCU. So that's one of the things, you know, we also look to do as well. But, you know, it, it, it's always a deal about building the brand that is absolutely continuous. And you're right. I mean, there's some days, I, you know, there's some days I'm dragging, man. There's some days I don't feel like doing to be honest with you. But it's got to be done. And to the point, if you want to continue to build the brand, that has to be the mindset, even on days that you don't want to do it. Absolutely. There is no such thing as an off day. <laughs> right. Right. You know, and, and that that is a tribute to the dedication and the necessary focus that you have to have in order to pull this thing off. And you'll be amazed that somebody will hear a show or two that you've done and they'd be, oh, man, that was pretty cool. When did you get started? I'm like, bro, I'm been rolling on this thing for quite some time now you know but you don't do it for the recognition let me say i don't do it for the recognition i do it because it's a part of my dna it has become a part of me and when we first start doing this thing you know i'm going like you know no one talks about us unless there's a shooting on the campus unless there's a scandal on the campus well let me Cover that, you know, some of the positive. Now, I still cover the shootings and the scandals. Now, don't get it wrong, because I'm about accountability and responsibility across the board. So we have to be steady on the on the grind. But meanwhile, being conscious enough to know that there is a responsibility to come with what we're doing. No, I, I think you hit it right on the head. And that's why, 
even outside of the HBCU sports realm. I mean, we, we you know, we stopped. Be honest with you, Mike. I stopped talking about Donald Trump a long time ago. This is a it's just a waste of time. You know what I'm saying? Yes, you sir. only got an hour. You know, I got an hour to get what I need. I mean, if I I spend every uh, every week the hour talking about that. So we, but there are other things that are are going on in our community um, that we definitely like to 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 you know to talk about. But we also, when we have guests on, we also like um, to uh, to really. Not not get in a guest personal business, um, but to enlighten the listener. So we'll dig a little bit deeper than on the surface than what you may think you know about that guest, especially if it's a celebrity type or you know some somebody that's you know big in in, in athletics. So that's one of the things that we certainly look to do as well. It's just like we're doing with you right now. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. On the other side of Yes, sir. We're talking with Donald Ware of Box to Roll. Now, here's another little tidbit that people probably are not aware of, Donald, and I'm going to give you a chance to uh, expound upon this. You were on the play-by-play radio call for the 2009 uh, State Fair Classic between Gramlin and Prairie View when Prairie View got the win. Can you uh, recap that? And you're taking me back. I, I just, I just remember. So we have a good, you know, we have a, we have an excellent, um, you know, uh, uh, an actually an excellent relationship with the promoter of uh, of the State Fair Classic, and that's just something that I mean, we did. I'll say we did it in 2009. We did it in 08. It seemed like we did it maybe in 2011 or something like that. But that's just a great relationship. Matter of fact, if my memory serves me correctly, in that 2009 season, and I don't, and I gotta be honest with you, even though it was 10 years ago, I don't remember. You said PV one, okay, cool. I don't, I don't remember. Hey, I hey remember. trust me, trust me. I'll tell you that one. As a PV alum, <laughs> PV won that game in 2009. Trust me when I tell you. <laughs> no, I believe you. And you know, we we actually broadcast the game, so we were at that time we had classic sports radio network. We were broadcasting games all across the country on various stations. So we had like a station in Pittsburgh. We had a station in DC. And the one thing I do remember we had, uh, was a KHVN. It's our, uh, in in Dallas was picked that game up uh, right, as a right. matter of fact. Um, so I just you know I I I tell you what man we we can you you can and I love the Bayou Classic been to the Bayou Classic, um, but boy that State Fair Classic is serious and plus the fact that both PB and Grambling have been really really good. You look at the last and eh, you know five six years that game has become big big even bigger not bigger but it's gotten back to. Or, or is trying to get back to where it once was when it was getting 60,000 easily. Absolutely, absolutely. The last year, or, yeah, well, it, was, it is last year, uh, 2019 number was right at 52,000, something along those lines, and they're still working. Al Wash, who happens to be the promoter, uh, he's yep. good friends with the network here as well. Uh, I think he does an exceptional job at promoting that game and, and working some things out, which is going to kind of lead me to this next question uh, as far as the, um, I guess the net worth or the perception of what the worth is and the actuality of what the worth is. And I know it's hard to put a price tag on the HBCU brand of football. And I'm going to stick in the football realm for right now, but I think people fail to remember is that what we have with this MEAC swag celebration bowl is a very unique piece. It is the only game in this bowl circuit 
that is of the FCS status and is holding his own ratings and holding his own when it comes to the the attendance. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you, I don't know, I don't know if I could even guess the value, but I'll tell you what, it's more valuable. And I agree with everything you just said. I think, you know, you're alluding to the, the, the show piece of it. So it's on ABC. The, the previous four years, it was the, it was the bowl game that led into all of the other uh, bowl games. So it's good in that respect. But it's worth more than the million dollars uh, that the respective conferences are getting. I'll tell you that much. Uh, um, hold, on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to clear my ears out here. Let me clear my ears out. <laughs> what did you just say? It's, more, it's worth more than that. Oh, you know, okay. it's worth more. It's worth more than what the what the conferences are getting, but I, I get it. I mean, I think I think that's something that needs to be looked at and worked on in terms of more revenue. Uh, because remember, when this thing first came out, it was sold as each the winner of each school would get the million dollars, and then it became something else, and then you find out this. You know, the winners are getting maybe 750000 The conference gets the rest. They divvy it up. You know, that, that, I think that needs to be smoothed out a little bit. Um, I think, uh, uh, I think you know, you and I were talking off mic a little bit um, with the ESPN deal. And, and it's a great point you make. No other FCS conference has a deal with ESPN other than the MEAC and the SWAC. I get that. But there's a value. There's a tradition. Uh, that is worth much more uh, than I think what ESPN is giving to the, the, the conferences and the schools. Uh, you know, you can make, we can make the argument that it's on ABC. We got a game Thursday night on ESPN. You know, the MEAC has a nice, uh, a solid, I would say, uh, uh, a relationship and a, 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 an agreement with ESPN to broadcast all of its games on ESPN3. And all of those things are great. All of the exposure is great. But the dollars and cents is what is going to make our schools uh, better. So we, we need to get more, some more of those dollars and cents. Absolutely. And, you know, um, I know you keep your finger on the pulse of this thing. Uh, the MEAC just announced their uh, extension, if you would, with Flow Sports for the 2020 campaign. They're going to be having some select basketball games, baseball, softball, and some other sports. Um, that is a pretty uh, unique situation as well. Yeah, no, I, I think it's good. I mean, I you know I would I don't know you know I don't know I'm not you know I'm not, and I'm not in I haven't delved into okay how much uh, how much does the conferences get does flow give you know the conference the, the MEAC a certain amount I mean I'm I'm sure it has to be uh, you know but I don't know that. Um, or is it they, they get to sell a certain amount of commercial spots? Like with the ESPN deal, I think the conference is a lot is able to sell you know a certain amount of spots or whatever during the ESPN broadcast. Um, but I would hope so. And if not, I hope we're working towards that. Okay, so we can establish this relationship in the beginning, but ultimately we need to be working towards because our schools are struggling. Like at the end of the day, we're struggling from a financial standpoint. Uh, so, you know, and we're obviously, you know, you got these big conferences that are getting these ultra millions of dollars and have these great deals. Uh, well, pound for pound, we need to have, you know, we need to have those, those, those kind of, uh, those kind of dollars coming to our schools as well. You're preaching to the choir, brother. We're talking with Donald Ware of Box to Roll. Look, there is an important game and I don't want to put no pressure on you, man, but I'm allowed to put some pressure on you. 
2020, North Carolina A&T takes on North Dakota State. Their best against our best. How yeah. important is this game beyond the game? It's, yeah, no, I, I, that's a great point, Mike. Uh, I, I was thinking about this as uh, you know, as the celebration bowl ended. We talked about okay, A and T is going to start the season off, you know, against North Dakota State. I think it's a it, it's a very important game, particularly uh, you know for A and T um, as the you know, and I, and I get it. I, I'm the play by play voice, but I mean, at the end of the day, when you're the, the, the HBCU champions three times over. It, it speaks for itself. So it's a preeminent football program in all of HBCU uh, football. It's it's a very important game. A and T uh, is is representing HBCUs. But remember, A and T also represented HBCUs in the game against Jacksonville State uh, in Montgomery, going back to 2017. Now I get it. Jacksonville State's not North Dakota State. I understand that. But A and T came away with the victory uh, in, in essence. In, in, in the backyard of Jacksonville State, also BCU, that's something different, but be the FBS opponent uh, also. So I think it's huge. I, I think if A&T, you know, A&T obviously wants to go out and win the game. If, if not win the game, you want to at least make it respectable. And North Dakota State is like a machine, you know. I mean, let, let's be honest about that. It's, you know, it's the premier uh, football program in all of FCS. But if you're A&T, you know, you're trying to go out and win. Uh, and if not, you want to at least uh, make it and play respectable. And I think A&T, at the very least, uh, will do that. If not, go uh, to North Dakota and pull off the upset. Well, my brother, I don't try to be biased, but I'm going to definitely be biased on this one. Uh, we're, we're pulling for the Aggies from beginning to end. Look, I want to thank you very much, man. It has been worth the wait, and I want to give you an opportunity to share some thoughts and comments and how people can listen to your program across the country. Okay, well, I appreciate it, Mike. So, um, yeah, so people can uh, log on to our website, which is box2row.com, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W.com. That's where they can find a radio station, perhaps in their locale, um, that carries the program. It also airs on Sirius XM um, channel 141 each Saturday. That would be uh, 6 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, and 4 a.m. Pacific Time. That's on channel 141. And then also on Saturday, uh, on channel 142, 8 a.m. Central Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, and 6 a.m. Uh, Pacific Time. Um, so, yeah, I, I appreciate you allowing me to come on, and, and I appreciate the conversation. Like I said, I appreciate you know, I appreciate you, man. When, when uh, you know, I, I hear you with your questions. I think a lot of times, you know, us as reporters, we'll just ask general questions, but you have specific questions that you ask to these coaches. So I, I appreciate you and also what you're doing uh, in the radio space and with HBCU. Well, I appreciate it, my brother Donald Ware of Box to Row. I am the radio guy, Dr. Mike Prince. We appreciate you all, as always, joining in with us. Don't forget our social media handles for Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter are all at the Mike Prince Show. The YouTube channel is Open Mike Broadcast Network. And our 24-hour dial-in message line, 713-570-6736. And until the next time, you guys be blessed, and we'll see you on the other side.
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.